alternative route that people take. So I want to speak to you today on the subject of the longest way is a shortcut. So when it comes to real life, when it comes to spiritual life, sometimes taking shortcuts can actually take you longer in decisions you make, in choices you make. And I think it is very important to know that God is taking you through a process. God is taking into account the choices you make, uh, the plans you have, the dreams you have, the mistakes you make. Uh, the interest you have in pursuing a relationship with God, all of those are ingredients that play into how successful life is going to be for you and how successful your spiritual life is going to be for you as well. So I'm not saying that all shortcuts are bad, but I can tell you that when it comes to life, when it comes to spiritual life, uh, sometimes taking a shortcut can actually take you longer in life to get to the point where you want to get. So I want to speak to you on, this, on, the, on that subject, and I want to take you to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 13, and I want to read from, eight, uh, from verse 8 to verse 12. So what was happening here before we read in this scripture? So King Saul, he was the, the king of Israel. They were at war with the Philistines, and what was happening was that uh, they had to go to work. They had to fight. Saul was very excited at first that he was going to go to work and he was going to defeat, you know, his enemies. So he gathered about 3,000 men that would go with him to war. Now, when the enemies, you know, heard that the Israelites were getting ready for war, they gathered about 6,000 warriors to go and fight the Israelites. Now, if you have read the scripture in the Old Testament, you know that every time Israel will go to war, they will not engage in war with anyone unless they knew that the presence of God was before them, moving ahead and leading them into fighting, you know, with their enemies. The couple of times, especially in the book of Joshua, where the Israelites didn't ask God if it was okay to go to war or not, they lost the war. So Saul is, you know, excited, and uh, he, he's saying, well, I have 3,000 men. It's okay. God had always given us the, the victory. So I'm going to go and, uh, and just wait for Samuel, the prophet. So Samuel, he had to show up, do an offering, a sacrifice, pray, and after prayer, Samuel, you know, will say, Saul, you can go to war, and Israel, you know, the Israelites, they will win, you know, whatever war, you know, was happening, you know, at the time. So, but at this particular time, Samuel wasn't showing up. Samuel said that he was going to be there in seven days. So, Saul had to wait seven days before going to war. Now, when those seven days, you know, were passing, a lot of men from the army of Israel, they started to feel very scared. And if you read the entire chapter, it says that they were started to get so scared that their legs started shaking in fear. So soldiers started to escape. They started to go and hide in caves and, and started running away. So after 3,000 soldiers, he ended up with 600 soldiers only. So Saul is getting desperate. So he said, okay, uh, Samuel is not coming, so somebody has to do something about it. And that's what happened, uh, chapter 13, verse 8. It says, he waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, 
but Samuel did not come to Gilgad. And Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offerings. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived and Saul went on to greet him. Verse 11, what have you done, asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scurrying and that you did not come at the time and the Philistines were assembling at Mixmash, um, I thought now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgad and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. And you can keep reading the chapter. So as you know, uh, this, this is a big war, but Saul is getting desperate. He's 30 years old. And the prophet is not showing up. And by the way, it was the prophet's job to offer that sacrifice to God. It wasn't the king's job to offer that sacrifice. The sacrifice had to be done by Samuel. But because Samuel was taking longer, Samuel was taking longer than those seven days, you know, that he had said he was going to take to arrive. Saul got a little desperate, so he said, I'm going to do this burnt offering. I'm going to do the sacrifice like if I were, you know, the prophet and, and I'm going to go to work. I'll just do it myself. So he offered the offering. And as he was offering the offering, Samuel showed up and Samuel sees that King Saul is the one that is offering, you know, the sacrifice to God. And in verse 13, uh, Samuel tells Saul, Saul, you just messed up right now. You, big, you made a big mistake because that was my job. It was not your job. Your job was to wait for me. And even if the men were leaving you, even if you, even if. You know, more than 2,000 men abandoned you. You had to wait until I came here so that I would do the burnt offering and then God would have given us, you know, the favor. But Saul didn't do that because he got desperate. So as a result, he missed, you know, greatest opportunities. And these are three points that I want to share with you based on this story. And the first point is that shortcuts never pay off in the long run. You can believe that you're being smart. You can believe that you're very intelligent, and you are. Uh, so am I. But when it comes to life, when it, when it comes to matters of real life, when it comes to having a relationship with God, sometimes taking a shortcut can actually take you longer because you are not going through the process that God has for you. God is taking into account, as I said before, the mistakes that you make, the decisions that you make, the choices you make, the likes that you have, the desires that you have. God is also taking into account the relationship that you have with him. So he is preparing this great destiny, but going faster doesn't really mean that you're going to get there faster and you're going to get there well. Sometimes shortcuts can actually take longer. I remember when <clears throat> I turned 30 years old, you know, in, in my other church, um, most of, it, it was a Spanish-speaking church, and it was a large church. I was so excited, you know, about celebrating my 30s. I was kind of depressed. I don't know why, but at the same time, was, I was excited because I had a great, great, great uh, celebration time. And I remember that after that, I started to notice that people started pressuring me. You know, they were like, well, Pastor Franklin, you know, um, you're 30 and, you know, you shouldn't uh, start, you know, looking for ways to, you know, find somebody with whom you can get married. 
And you know what? Sister Juana over there, she has a beautiful daughter. You know, she's 20. She's going to school. She's getting her bachelor. She's a Christian girl. And I started to notice, believe it or not, that I started to get invited by some members of the church. And I will go to homes and houses. And, of course, you know, they will serve you food and everything. And sometimes the girl was the one that would bring me the food, put the coffee in. And I remember this family, you know, they kept inviting me every Friday, every Friday. And I was happy because they cooked really good. But it wasn't until like three or four months that I realized, wait, this is a pattern. Like this young girl, you know, would come to me and she would put sugar on my coffee, do it in front of me, serve me food. I would be the first one, you know, that she would be serving. So it took me like three months to realize that maybe there's a hidden agenda in this family and I have to watch out. So, and then other friends, you know, they, they, I, I started to feel that pressure in the church. And then some Christian friends, you know, uh, they went the extra mile. They say, you know what, Franklin, I heard a story about a friend of mine who she got into Christian Mingle, you know, dot com. And I'm going to help you create a file, and it's going to be so nice, so cool, trust me. It's going to work. And she kept pushing me, you know, for several months, do, do a Christian Mingle, do a Christian Mingle, start a profile. And I said, no, not really. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure. And then one of my friends, you know, he got to the point where, like, he took my cell phone uh, from me and he created, you know, a profile for me on another website. And then I realized, man, I don't want to be in this website. It was so hard to get out. Uh, so sometimes, you know, um, I said, you know, I prefer being unmarried and serving God, uh, visiting people, doing cool stuff. I mean, just yesterday. Yesterday, I was in a training the entire morning to volunteer for an organization that is called CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocate. And what you do as a volunteer is they give you a foster kid from Los Angeles County, and these kids, their parents are either in jail, uh, they're out of the country, or they're having so many problems that the Department of Children's Services have taken away these kids and put them in the system in the county. So they give you a kid, and during two years, you go out with the kids, and you become a mentor to this kid. You teach them how to make good decisions, good choices, and you teach them, you know, whatever thing good and come uh, so that they can be more successful. And uh, I went to this training yesterday, and I show up, you know, about 80 people. I was the only man that was there. Uh, one lady stood up, and she said, I want to thank uh, Franklin for being here. And they all started clapping at me, and I was like, thank you. You know, I felt very special. So what I'm trying to say is that I'm enjoying, you know, what God is doing in my life. And I have the opportunity to represent Jesus amongst so many people that don't know about God. And everybody was introducing themselves and they were saying, I'm here because I feel like I want to volunteer. There's something more in life. I believe in a greater power, but I need to give back into the community. And I said, oh my gosh, you guys have no idea who you have here in the middle. I'm going to preach about Jesus here in this place when the time comes. So, but imagine... Imagine if I had gone the other way. Imagine if I would have given into the pressure of other people. Imagine if I had given up into the pressure of my friends or a girlfriend. I wouldn't probably be here because my world would be totally different. Uh, 1 Samuel uh, verse 13 
um, says that you have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. So it is easy to miss that the real cost of taking a shortcut sometimes is way higher than the perceived cost of not taking one. So when you are facing a decision, when something comes, you know, your way, sometimes, you know, we take shortcuts in life because we don't want to wait. We don't want to go through the process. I don't want to wait. If, if I don't do it right now, I will never get it in life. So I might as well just go for it right now. And maybe God is saying, take a little bit of time. You know, keep improving in my relationship. I have something better for you. I will bless you. You know, I will restore you. I will open doors for you. But I need you to work in your relationship with me. Don't, don't get so desperate like Saul that you see that all the people are leaving you. All the resources are leaving you. And there's nothing around. If if you have God in your life, I can tell you that the Lord will provide for your life and your needs because he has the best interest in you. But sometimes taking a shortcut can actually be more expensive at the end. So I want to encourage you the, that, you know, just put yourself in a position where God can work that process in your life so that we don't take certain shortcuts that are not necessary for us to endure. Did I take you guys my story um, a few years ago? I really, really, really wanted to be a bodybuilder. I still want to. I know you guys don't believe me. And you're laughing at me. But a few years ago, I actually wanted to be a bodybuilder. I purchased posters, you know, and put them on my room of guys, you know, who had big muscles and going like that and, and, and I was like, wow, you know, someday I will be like that. And uh, I, have, I had a friend in college who was a pastor, and the guy was a bodybuilder. And I was like, man, how can you be a pastor and a bodybuilder at the same time? And he said, you know what, if you, if you want to do it, you can. And he had pictures, you know, of trophies that he had won. And he said, you know, I have the opportunity to preach to people who are bodybuilders. And I was like, I want to look like that. I want to be like that. And guess what I did? I got myself a membership at the gym. And I said, I'm going to get this started. This is going to be good. And the first time I show up at the gym, I did like five hours of exercise. And thinking that the next day, you know, I was going to start looking like that. For like two weeks, I couldn't even get up and walk. I went to the doctor because I started to feel a pain right here. I don't know what's going on. I messed up my sternum. And every time I would go like that, something would crack. If I would go like this, something would crack. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't know it was so hard. You know what? It took about seven years for my sternum to heal. Why? Because I wanted to take a shortcut. Sometimes shortcuts can be dangerous. Second thing I want to tell you is that when it comes to shortcuts, sometimes if it is too good to be true, sometimes it probably is. 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 14 says, But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own, own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So Saul, he knew God had chosen him. 
Saul knew that God was on his side. Saul knew that Samuel was going to go do a little sacrifice and God was going to say, go forth, go to war, and I'll be with you. Saul was 100% sure with that, but he was missing one command. And that command was he had to wait until the prophet show up so that he would do the offering, not him, because it was the prophet's job to do that for the people. But King Saul, he said, you know what, everything is in my favor. I'm ready to go to war. These men, the men are, you know, leaving me going away so before I I'm I'm left alone I'm I'm just going to do it myself he did the sacrifice but that didn't please God sometimes you know in life you have to you have to see what what life brings you sometimes if something is too good to be true I can tell you that maybe it probably is that way there might be an exception but the real cause of a shortcut Sometimes it's the loss of an opportunity to become a better person and have a better future. Look at what Samuel told Saul. He said, but now your kingdom will not endure. You are not going to last. This great plan that God had for you, you messed it up. The Lord has chosen another man that is after his own heart because you have not kept the Lord's command. Sometimes, you know, when we take shortcuts in life, um, if we are not careful, those shortcuts can be missed opportunities in our lives. Go, go, go through the process. Whatever you are in life right now, maybe God is making you wait on something or showing you to go slower or maybe showing you to go faster. I don't know. You are the only one who knows. But what I can tell you is that we need to be careful, you know, with shortcuts. Invest in yourself. Go as slowly if you have to, uh, but in the long run, you will see that the fruit will be better for you. Third point that I want to make today, this morning, is that the opposite of taking shortcuts is setting up standards, you know, for your life. Uh, the Lord had already set up standards, you know, for Saul. Uh, Saul knew that every time they had to go to war, first thing that had to be done was prayer. I, I'm saying it as in right now, but the presence of God. And you guys know that when the Israelites, when they will go to war, uh, the Ark of the Covenant will go forward, will go first. And just in Jericho, did you know that God asked the Israelites to surround the city, do laps, and while doing laps around the city, they will be singing and praising God. It didn't make sense for a lot of people, but in the end, when they finished the seventh day, God destroyed the whole city for them, and it was a great, great, great victory. Sometimes what we feel God is asking us to do may not make sense for you at the time, but Jesus told his disciples one time, what you don't understand now, you will understand it later. The most important is raise your standards. Keep your standards high. Do, do not go for second best. Do not settle for less. God can bless you. God can, you know, open great doors for you. But just because resources are leaving you or just because you're over 30, that doesn't mean that you're not going to find anybody. It means that God is preparing you because you're, you're going to be a better person and he will have somebody for you. I think Agape Church has gone through a good, good, good process. 
I see a lot of mature people in this church. But I want to tell you, in verse 14, um, Samuel told Saul, uh, your kingdom will not endure. Let's not miss opportunities to be used by God. Let's not miss, you know, blessings that God can give us. Put yourself in the process of God and tell God, God, today I know that I am in your process and you're improving me. Whatever it takes, I want to be in your hands. I want to be in your will. I want to be in your process because I know that whatever or however long it takes, the end result will be better than if I make my own choices and do it right now. So we're going to pray today, and I want to encourage you today, this week, uh, to take a look at the process that God has for you in your life. The process sometimes may not make sense for you. I think Saul, he got desperate. He didn't understand why God was delaying so much through the prophet Samuel. And he went and did it anyways, and he missed opportunities for that. What opportunities could you miss for not being in the process and in the plan that God has for you? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today, Lord God, for your word. I thank you for every single person in this place. While, Lord God, shortcuts might be good for certain things, sometimes for life and for a spiritual walk with you and for the plan that you have for us, Lord God, may not be a good idea to take shortcuts. Saul missed an opportunity to become king forever through his descendants because he did not wait on Samuel. Many of us, Lord God, do not understand that our spiritual life is connected to our human success as well. They, they go together. And I pray, Lord God, that as we face this week, everything we do, Lord God, will be about you that whether it is work, whether it is family, whether it is a business, whether it is church, ministry, whatever, Lord God, but you will be the main ingredient in those plans, Lord God, so that we have the best, best, best option of success. I pray for anyone, Lord God, right now who might be worried or concerned that things are not happening in her life or his life. I pray that you encourage them today that even though, Certain doors may take long. That doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. We are in your hands, Lord God, and you are the one leading us. I pray, Lord God, for anybody who might be questioning, uh, why can I get a good job, Lord God, or, or why can I have a good relationship, or, or why can I have a better family, or why can I have a better this or that. I pray, Lord God, that they will wait on you, and they will focus, Lord God, in doing the right thing. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.